What's up, everybody? It's Paul Miller of the Free Time Free Spill Podcast, and I'm with a special guest today. He was on the previous episode, Philosophy and Innovation. His name is Rajiv. He'll introduce himself. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you. Thank you again for welcoming me. Uh, I, I'm always happy to be a part of this conversation. I mean, I always love having a conversation with you, Paul Miller. It's, it's an awesome experience. Thank you so much. Yeah, so man. Much. And hi, folks, for those who are listening. Yeah. So how your day went? It's Sunday. It's a big day. So how your day went, man? Um, it's been productive. I've uh, been pushing my, my blogs and, you know, my podcasts and all this stuff. You know, I got to do the thing, you know. I've <laughs> yeah. been working on creating. It's just I, I have I have the need to always create. And it's it's an addiction now because uh, there's nothing much I can do. <laughs> it's like there's no choice <laughs> in the matter. Would you consider yourself a perfectionist? Absolutely. Uh, but in a good way. I mean, uh, I've always heard the social media, how many people degrade the word, you know, perfectionism uh, form is a form of insecurity. For me, in my opinion, is that um, no, it doesn't really matter. If, if it works for you, it works for you. I mean, that's, that's the thing. For me, it really works for me because uh, coming from, the, uh, from an artist standpoint, you know, uh, when, you, when you're drawing or you're making a piece of music, um, there's always that uh, need for creating and, you know, sometimes what you've done, the out, output product of that is um, not satisfying. It's always a nice thing to just improve upon it. You know, that, that's, the, that's my perfectionistic yeah. uh, personality. It's like a habit now. I mean, I can't really get over it. Uh, it's, it's just that it's, it's, uh, it's like second nature to me already. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm learning that, that you got to be good at all things, like especially like if it's in music, you got to be good in all the areas in music. Yeah. yeah, I do agree. And marketing. I do agree. <laughs> yeah. So you, you first... write music? Oh, yeah. I love music. I mean, uh, lately I've been... Um, if there's the word called movie binge watching and all this stuff, I've been sound binging or something. I don't know if that's the exact word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been binging on albums, basically. I learned this from my bandmates before uh, when I used to jam with some few friends of mine from India. We, uh, there was always an advice like uh, you should listen to the entire album to, to know, the, you know, how the, the album came about and stuff like that. And even during the earlier years when uh, I used to dance Michael Jackson, um, I used to binge on all of the albums. I mean, I don't care whether the songs are good, songs are bad. I mean, it's Michael Jackson. I mean, there's no song that is never <laughs> bad. I mean, it's just a matter of spending time and listening. And, you know, I, I love how the, the music is created. And it, it's a good habit to get into album binging because. Um, one is um, when you're listening to a single, you only get you only get the taste of what the single provides. But when you're listening to the album, you know you get to see the good stuff, and of course there's also the stuff that uh, that passes your 
the taste or it even opens um, it opens your palate to other styles i mean that's the one thing that i really appreciate in album you know album binging and um, it's an amazing experience to always binge on album because one is like i said you're you're feeling the layers of what the art provides you know it's uh, it's like looking at the painting in five different ways and of course the artist has painted it in some way in, in music it the art is very uh, it's very abstract and as you peel each layer you get the piece of personality coming from um, i do, i'm sure you agree with me coming from a musician you know we all have layers and and there are some people who write long form poems and in order to cut that out and make an album you know you got to you got to cut this piece and you got to put yeah. this piece is very artistic yeah it's, it's, it's the editing portion yeah and uh, that's the that's the fun part i i really love about um, album because like i said it's it's all about cutting through cutting through the person and you know you get to know the person on a human level and it's like that emotional connection and each song always brings an emotional connection once you listen to it over and over again. So yeah, I love music. Yeah. So, what you, what's the history of music? Like early history? Like how far back it goes? Like uh, history of music like is this the general question or this is like, my I'm my not, question on like, how Yeah, like cuz you you study music and stuff like you went to school, you like had a major in music. So like yeah. what's like the history like a history lesson The history lesson is it's always uh it started in the western ear I think it it began in the earlier I think it was pre renaissance period and then of course we have the baroque period and uh, the classical period which is of course Mozart and uh, the romantic period which is uh, Beethoven uh and then it, there are a lot of eras uh, when it comes to uh, the music and for me personally um the the opportunity that i missed was studying jazz i mean for me jazz is uh, the missed opportunity that i didn't really get to uh, sing study but aside from that uh, looking back at the classical music and the background there's so many things there's so many things that i appreciate about the history of music and um it's it's like learning arts basically you know starting from the basics with anatomy uh in in music it's it's fun because um uh because you you, you enjoy you enjoy the how history of music was built from from the earlier monotonous sounding of of course the gregorian chants and then from the gregorian chants that was only that was a single melody and and then of course we have um uh, uh other melodies coming in and then it forms a triad and then of course you got the chords and then after the classical period uh, uh no uh gregorian chants and then the classical period uh, the baroque period where there were counter melodies changing of the to- the tone where a single melody has like a question and answer kind of thing and then it gets into the classical period where mozart you know absolute genius as he is you know takes it to another level by adding techniques and 
and other stuff that, of course, uh, listeners uh, Lisa, haven't heard. And then comes into the Romantic period where we have Beethoven. Um, one thing interesting about Beethoven is um, he is like the pivoting person between classical and romantic because a large portion of his music, half, half of his music from the earlier years was very classical. And then, of course, it gets into the romantic, which um, which is interesting. Um, and um, and then we get other all these other music like Haydn, and um, and then it goes, of course, to as mentioned in the previous uh, conversation, we had John Cage, which is the modern and pre uh, postmodern and uh, saying which John Cage and. Um, and now we, we got artists, like we have a lot of artists, a lot of genres. But then the the history of music is is phenomenal. I mean, some of it I don't really remember anymore. <laughs> but uh, those, those Burlesque are the things. Q or how you say it? Burlesque Q or something? Um, burlesque. Yeah, burlesque. I think that's that's modern. I, I think that's the Western introduction. That's more American or I think it's Eastern or American. I don't really remember exactly. But that's also that's also an interesting music that we haven't uh, we haven't uh, delved into. So yeah, but <laughs> yeah, awesome, music man. music is amazing. Where is it at today? Like music uh, today, music is um, music is really. Uh, all over the place. I mean, um, now everybody has their own taste. So it's, um, I, I can't really say that personally, my taste is, of course, jazz, funk, and a little bit of hard rock, a little bit of heavy metal. But that that's my taste, you know, and everybody has got their own taste and everybody is also pushing the limits, you know, now with, with guitars like Steve Vai pushing techniques and Victor Wooten with the slap and Larry Graham, of course, who originated slap. Bass, I, I love bass a lot because um, that's where a lot of magic happened. That's, that is the first instrument that I fell in love with, aside from the guitar. I mean, uh, bass is uh, saying, you know, the four strings. It doesn't matter whether it's the upright or the electric bass. I always love bass. <laughs> And uh, although my voice is tenor, it's kind of weird. But yeah, that's uh, um, with with the situation of today's music, you you cannot really segregate a particular taste because everybody's got their own. And I also have my own combination. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, like with music, we all know we all know what it is today because we're we're like a part of it and. We we all we all growing and stuff. We 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 living in the present moment, and that's that's just how that's just how music is right now. We we are a reflection of the past into now. Uh, studying music. Uh, one thing I wanted to add in when I was studying theory and counterpoint and all these other good stuff is that um, the learning lesson there was um, there were a lot there are a lot of things that are still present in today's music that you cannot really erase from the past, like the classical rules of part writing and stuff like the that. Theory. Although, yeah, although some uh, musicians, um, some musicians don't think about it, 
it it's like a subconscious uh, thing when they apply it in the music uh, there um in in the modern era especially when when music flourished like the rock and roll music and all these other good stuff there are a lot of things that rules are applied you know with the series of classical music where you have the part writing in music you don't really see it um but then there's those certain applications that um are there and of course um it it's all about the perspective of how you see it you know if in a, in an academic stand you you have to view it in an ac- academic way and uh, i think that was our training how we dissect uh, dissect the music and dissect the form and uh, and see how it went from thing and um, especially with the rules of harmony where you're taking uh, where you're taking your music from from one direction to the other it's like you know you're you're starting with a home and center key and then of course you're getting back into the home sometimes you modulate and you know create these interesting stuff like the journey between from home to back to home is interesting where you take the chords and stuff like that and then you add the melody it's it's really an interesting thing and um with the rules that i think my my professor mentioned is that um when we studied it we had to go through it in order to understand it not to internalize it and to say that is ought to be the standard of what music is supposed to be it's like uh taking that piece of knowledge and keeping it like a guideline to how you can improve you know and um that's one thing uh music is uh, really interesting uh, how it adds into music because you know when you're creating something you uh, you don't really think about the rules as much but then when when you're you're in that when you're when you have the space and 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 you're you really like to dissect it you know and you like to see it in an academic way it it becomes interesting it opens a lot of doors and a lot of possibilities especially when you're experimenting with counter counter melodies and stuff like that and if you want to you add those in your music and just to create that dynamic it's it's just an amazing way of expressing the music and bringing in that music and bringing in that vibe it's just that there's something about the rules that um, doesn't have to apply to all it can apply to a certain portions of the a certain portions of the song or the piece that you're performing so that's why one thing i really appreciate so you you love songwriting you do a lot of songwriting uh before uh yeah and <laughs> you might laugh at this one though is that uh, my earlier songwritings were based off of uh, hard uh, breakups and all the stuff that <laughs> I've gone through <laughs> it's kind of strange yeah it's like the romantic the romantic era yeah i mean not more more or less like um sometimes <laughs> i always criticize myself especially as an artist i always criticize myself for the music that i make and i think it's like that feeling where you in your head you have this particular piece of music like i've I mentioned earlier I've been inspired by James Brown, Prince and Michael Jackson and in my head I like to make music like that you know make you dance and groove but then when I sit down with the guitar or the piano or anything any instrument that I have next to me I kind of make the weirdest definition of the music is like I 
uh, I consider it like a Taylor Swift moment or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> coming to think of it, that's like, uh, yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I really sometimes hate doing what I do because, uh, you know. So good. Only yeah, I mean, like yeah, I mean, it's, that's why I like to listen nowadays more than play because um, <laughs> if I play, it's like a counter, it's like the counterpart of what I really want to do. Like, you know, uh, listening to songs like Musicology where you're getting up and, you know, you're grooving and you're dancing and, you know, you're feeling it. And then when you sit down with a piece of music and then you're playing some, some chords that um, sing and then you're creating, it feels like Taylor Swift moments, you know? <laughs> Make it, it's either a song about a breakup and, you know, it's like, wait, I don't really want to make a breakup song in the back of my head. But it, it so happened that that's the byproduct of what the thing. It's like a counter thing. So, yeah, I really, uh, that's one main reason why I hate making music is because uh, it's not really that I don't love it. It's like, I just don't really like uh, making songs that, uh, you don't so want to catch yourself. Yeah, <laughs> in a way, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah, I uh, and uh, I look back at my categories of music, like it's mostly all about lovey-dovey stuff. Which uh, you know, I'm I'm a romantic. I'll admit it. But um, my main intention is ever since I heard James Brown music, like you know, Victor Wooten. You know, my intention to my music is to do stuff that makes you want to go dance you know you want to go boogie and you want to go you know feel yeah. that rhythm feel that oomph, you know and and every time i sit down it's it's just that it's like um uh it's not really a writer's block i have that uh, i have the ability to create <clears throat> but the funny thing is uh what i create is like a contradiction which as i mentioned it's <laughs> repetitive but yeah uh, it's, you made a it's good block today. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always fun. It's, I I like writing, but it's just that I hate the byproduct of what I create. You know, that artsy kind of attitude, that perfectionist attitude. Attitude, but I don't mean it in a way that I don't like the music. I mean, I love the music. That's why I made it. But it's just that I don't like that talk about stories like that i want to talk about dancing grooving you know yeah. feeling the day feeling the thing and you know you play guitar you play guitar really good man like was rapping <laughs> i can't wait for the other episodes to release so yeah well uh yeah we were yeah we were jamming on some stuff i mean <laughs> hopefully that would uh saying that would not see the light of day because you know as an <laughs> artist <laughs> I I really want to walk out of that life. I mean, I love I love being a musician. Don't well, you play good though, man. And, um, yeah. <laughs> really, like you really are a star. You like you're playing the bass. That's I don't mean to be an arrogant. I don't want to come off like an arrogant ass. But wait till you see me play the bass. That is where I take it to the ne next level. That's where thing. And um, yeah, I mentioned this in my earlier podcast episode as well. Is that um, uh, what got me hooked into the bass was uh, my dad. Uh, when I was in India, uh, I was, uh, most of the time, I think, I, I luckily got this acoustic guitar at home. 
and uh, I was not really much of a musician. I was only during the year which I called my lost years. That was where my creativity in music flourished. And then uh, when I was um, when I was doing my thing, you know, when I was discovering and uh, saying I was playing a lot, I never really had the feel for the guitar. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me. Like certain instruments, you have the certain connection. Like you, you know, when you connect with the music, that that's where you come up with the song. You know, some people when they play drums, they they, they put their anger into it, and that's how they connect with the instrument. And for me, I do not have that like that. I've never built that relationship with the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, although I tried my best to jam for five, five hours, sometimes six hours, but I still don't have that feel. And then when my dad came home and then he had the bass guitar, he had a custom-made bass guitar, his first custom-made bass guitar. I saw that thing, you know, as a, as a listener, I've never seen a bass guitar and, uh, I never knew the value of a bass guitar ever since uh, my dad bought that bass. And then um, the moment I, I held it and it was in my shoulders and, of course, playing the strings for the first time and, you know, feeling it, it's like there's that instant, you know, that that eureka moment, you know, <laughs> that eureka moment where I think I'm in love, you know, <laughs> that kind of feeling because it's um, it's it's that connection. I think I've developed that connection. And over the years, I've... I've experimented, you know, uh, a young bass player normally starts playing the plucking style, which is uh, with the two fingers. When I started out playing the bass, I never really thought of it that way. So I started, of course, I went to, uh, as an avid uh, uh, learner, you always go to YouTube. YouTube is always the best friend, you yeah. know. So when I went to YouTube and then I said bass, bass tutorials and all that stuff, and I started listening to Victor Wooten and um, Stanley Clark. And of course, they had that uh, thumping technique. And, you know, they got that thump and then they got that blocking technique, which is um, which is uh, uh, somewhat imitating the drums with the thump as the, the bass and then the, uh, and then the pluck as the snare. So with that technique, you know, I got into that and that is the way I communicated my music because... Uh, that is where I started falling in love with the bass because it's, it's nice. It's a nice feeling. You know, you got that. It's like you're walking down the street and, you know, boom, boom, you know, you, you know with, with, when I play the guitar, I don't have that, that connection with that, you know, when you, uh, even though I can imitate it, but in, with the addition of the bass and the, the treble, I don't really have that feel. I don't know if you got me, though. It's like that feel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, with the with the bass, with all only four strings, you got boom, boom, tack. even thinking of it is like, you you really wanna, you know, you you wanna experiment that, boom, boom, and you know, once you build that, you know, that foundation, you feel like, wow, I can run with this, like you know, I love to run with this, I wanna go with this, you know, I want dance, I wanna do that, I wanna shimmy and stuff like that, and that's the feeling that I I love about the thing. That's, yeah, that's the feeling that I love with bass, you know, and I can't deny it. It's it's an amazing feeling. I want to hear you play bass. How long have I been playing bass? Um, I want to hear you play it. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> I wish because my bass amp, my bass is a bit uh, sing. 
the last time I had a conversation with my bass, my bass guitar died on me. <laughs> this is a funny story. Um, we were having this uh, competition here in, in our college. Uh, and um, uh, we, we had this uh, battle of the bands uh, kind of set up. And it was uh, in, in college, we had like inter-school. So we, we were in the School of Liberal Arts and Human Sciences. And then we were competing against dentistry. We had teachers' education on one end. And we had nursing. And we had all these other schools, technology and all these stuff. And um, we just went in. You know, we, um, I went in and there was this unfortunate scene before the, the final show where uh, we... I. I, I had an interest. We were heading towards the studio, and then my my case at that time was a soft case, which was already flapping out because uh, uh, it was torn, and literally water could spill over the, at the base. And um, when we were when I was traveling to to the jam studio, um, it was funny that uh, things were okay. The base was okay. Everything was okay, and then. Uh, the day of the performance, just before the performance, we had a pre, pre-practice session in, in a studio nearby, which uh, opened early. And uh, I was playing bass. Uh, I was playing my bass, of course. And then, unfortunately, just right in the middle of the practice, the bass died, which was kind of weird. And um, it kind of we 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 tried to put batteries and all that stuff because it was an active bass, so it had some batteries and all that stuff. And then we. We did all this stuff. And then, unfortunately, it didn't really play. But luckily, during that performance, there was a bass lying around in our in our studio. So nobody picked it up. Nobody was uh, talking about it. And nobody was asking for it. So it was so lucky. I felt lucky at that time. So I took that bass and I just used the strap. And then I went in and we performed our hearts out. And I think the theme of that time was um, Linkin Park. And... Uh, the, uh, the vocalist from Cranberry, so it, it, it was a dedication. The, to- uh, the the genre was hard rock, and the, it was dedicated to Chester Bennington and, of course, uh, the vocalist from Cranberry. I don't know what's her name though. Uh, uh, Dolores, I think Dolores something. So uh, we played um, Points of Authority. If if you know the song Points of Authority, any link. Park, uh, shout out to Lincoln Park to your listeners out there. You know, he, uh, I was playing points um, yeah. and uh, it was a fun experience. I mean, that was the first time I performed in Battle of the Bands, and it was an amazing experience. And I think we won. Yeah, I remember we won first prize, and it was <laughs> it was a feeling like yes. And after that, I never really touched the bass anymore because. Um, course the bass that i got from never really worked anymore so you still uh, have it last time i still have it it's somewhere here but um it's not in working condition anymore because how long you been playing how long you been playing uh from 2009 till around 20 2017 or 18 some somewhere around that time 2009 yeah, 2009. Yeah, that's where that's where the journey began, and um, it's a fun journey. <laughs> I love the journey. Yeah. You had any question for me? Uh, 
I, I I'd love to learn more about funk. That it, I know. Funk uh, music. <laughs> yeah, funk music is James Brown. I know James Brown is the one who started this thing and this journey, and I really love. Uh, I really love funk music. I I'm always obsessed with how it uh, thing because. When I was studying music, of course, uh, there was a difference to, to the field because classical music, you have these rules and all these regulations, you know. And when when I spent my time doing research on funk music, I really found that uh, funk music is really interesting in, in so many ways. It's not just based on harmony, uh, voicings, and stuff like that. It's... But, it takes the rule of uh, it takes jazz. Uh, uh, there are some certain principles of jazz that it takes, but uh, it disconnects from all the other thing. And this is how I learned it: is that uh, when I was doing my research, is that uh, the music uh, with with jazz. Um, the one thing I love about jazz is that well, with jazz there are so many rules. Like you know, you have rule for this voice leading, that voice leading, and all these stuff and you cannot use particular rules. And jazz itself has its own theory, and is and it's interesting to de, uh, take a dive into that, that theory. But um, one thing, uh, one thing I, I've learned is that when, when uh, funk came about, is that they, didn't, they wanted to disconnect with, uh, they wanted to disconnect with the jazz. They, they, they love the sound, of course, and uh, they wanted to disconnect with the rules. And they just want to groove, so the emphasis of of funk music is is the conversation between the bass and the drums. Like I mentioned earlier, you have the kick and the snare, which Larry Graham perfected. That became like the basic guideline of funk music. And of course, we had um, the Motown guys like Stevie Wonder and all this stuff. And I really love funk music. I mean, and then coming to the future, I mean. When funk became popular, of course, we got Prince and then we got Michael Jackson, which had different definition. More, more of his definition was in pop. And then now we have the earlier 200, uh, 2000s is, of course, Jay-Z and Kanye West, which is a different version of funk, which is, of course, the same and I, I, uh, same music as you, the, the line of yeah. rap and stuff. I mean, and that's why I really love... Uh, Diving deep, in, deep into that because I really love to learn about the uh, thing. Yeah. Although not much theory and stuff like that. No, no, <laughs> no time to, you know, crack your head over theory and all and all that stuff. But uh, I read a lot of books and stuff like um, books, like just growing into it, like being in America and like listening to that music growing up and stuff. Like just having a love for it and hearing. The, the flavor it's like flavor in your ear that's a song called flavor in your ear um i think by craig mack and like funk i think about a funk song like um it's called i don't even know if it's really funk but it says we got the funk you gotta have that oh, funk. yes parliament funk yeah oh man i used to jam with those, those <laughs> guys i mean i i used to jam to their tunes i mean yeah the one george uh george Forgot his name. Yeah, so, something George. I, I I forgot his name. Parliament Funk. That is where Bootsy Collins and all. Bootsy used to be a bass player for James Brown, and yeah. um, he he uh, his formula to funk was much more different because 
um, with, with funk, what I have known was the formula of how James Brown makes funk is that, uh, I mean, Bootsy's version, which James Brown taught him, was of course, it's in, the emphasis is on the one, two, three, four, especially when it's a four, four time. You know, you got one, two, three, four. So you got that umph in the beginning. So you got to go with that. Mm. And then when mm. you got the bass line, boom, boom. You know, it starts with that. It starts yeah. it either starts with the kick and it, or it's either starts with the same. But it has to have that emphasis, and that is the reason why I love funk so much. Is if you think of any other piece of music, you know, you think about ballads, like I mentioned earlier, the music that I used to make, like love songs and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, you, you uh, my the way I def- define it is like. I always search for that umph. That's why I use I uh, it, uh, that emphasis that I mentioned is like, to you that that gets you there. That gets you grooving. Yeah. And in in funk, you know, uh, it, it, going back to ballads. I mean, you know, the song is repetitive because it's all about a guy crying over a girl <laughs> and all that stuff. And then there's no sense of you know, oh man, the song. You know, you, the predictability is the fact that it's gonna go over and over and over and over to the point that it becomes too boring. It's, you know, I always <laughs> search for that oomph. You know, it, it's you gotta have, you gotta have something different, like you gotta have something uh, and, different. And looking for that oomph is like Im- imagine someone. Uh, it'll be interesting though to hear if someone who's tuning in and listening to us would listen to saying and come up with that. Very slow, I love you, I love you, and then oof, you know. <laughs> that would be like, you know, it'd be like, you know, the lyric will be like, I love you, like, I love you from this, the moon and back and all that uh, stuff. And then out of the blue, go, oof, I don't need you anymore. Oof. <laughs> 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 it'd be like, ooh, this is some good stuff. <laughs> you know. And probably a breakup song where you know, for me, I I don't I do not know if, if for me personally, I I'm not being negative or something. It's just that my creative juice when it comes to me sitting down with the guitar because I have a classical guitar, is that I do not I do not have that uh, ability to create funk. I don't think the guitar is communicating the same way I can communicate the way I want to speak. And I do not know if 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 you understood what I said there, but what I meant is like. Um, when I want to write, uh, I want to write uh, a story, or you know, write a thing. Uh, the the paper is the, the the thing that I want to write. But I'm instead of writing with faulty, uh, with with a nice fountain pen, I write I write it with with the flimsy pens, you know. And and that's how um, in in my head i like to make funk music but when i sit down and transcribe it to the guitar it's not that uh, it's not coming out that way it's like you know it's it's those depressing the uh, depressing divorce moments with you know um you fell in love with the girl and stuff like that and all that stuff so yeah, yeah. it's not about the it's pen really though hard. it's not about the pen it's about like how you write it but you no, just I mean, don't be so self critical you'll get it yeah. No, I mean my metaphor for the pen is the reason. I think it's uh, the the instrument. Like that's what I meant. The instrument is um, uh, the faulty pens is of course the instrument. So like I mentioned, when I started playing the bass, of course it was like the best fountain pen 
papers and, and of course the best uh, best paper. You want to sound like funk? Yeah, but when I sit down with a classical guitar, it's like I'm using uh I'm using a flimsy pen where the top is stripped out, the nib is broken, and all that stuff, and then the piece of paper that okay, I want I to write is not saying. even. Yeah, the I transcribing. I was, I was thinking you're talking about writing, like writing a song. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I meant it metaphorically because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> every time I sit down with a, uh, I sit down with the guitar, I think it's the instrument that doesn't really want to communicate the way it is or the usage of the, the instrument. Yeah. So for me, it, it, if you give me a bass guitar in five seconds, I'd probably come up with a funky bass line. But if you give me a guitar, I'd probably give you a love song by, by the end of the conversation. <laughs> but, <laughs> 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 you know? <laughs> Even though I like to think of it like you know, I like to not pop think star, of, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to consider myself Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna be to be honest, if I were to get back into the music scene, <laughs> I'd like to get a band and I'd like to get the horns. Basically I don't know, I have a fascination for horns because horn section is really an interesting thing because uh I think the large portion of that is um uh is uh it communicates. I mean, it's a lovely communication. So yeah, I mean, horns can come up with with lines, and then the baseline can improvise that as well, or imitate that. And you know, it is thing. And one thing I like about bass is it can instrument. Uh, it can uh, can imitate. You know, it can imitate uh, funk uh, funk horns or any horns for that matter. And uh, one thing was I'm also versatile. I just don't mean to say that. Just because I play bass, I, I play funk. There was a period in my life where I used to listen to Black Sabbath. And, of course, Black Sabbath's uh, bass player, Geezer Butler, uh, plays the bass in a different way. So he has his own technique. And, uh, of course, his technique was much more on uh, uh, much more on imitating the guitar as it, as it is to a regular bass player where it's sitting on that chord. Let's say the, the chord is like a D major chord. Of course, he's sitting on top of that. But in in Geezer Butler's way, when when Tony Iommi, of course, the guitar player, plays a chord, he plays the line like he plays an over uh, thing, and it's very interesting. I mean, and um, the way he expresses it in such a way, it creates that metal, you know, that heavy metal hard rock um, sound, which is uh, really interesting. So yeah. Uh, I I am diversified into those type techniques, and then of course uh, one of my favorite uh, bass players uh, from the progressive era uh, is of course Rush uh, Rush's bass player Geddy Lee. Any Rush fans out there? Shout out to you guys because uh, I mean, yeah, Rush is an amazing band. I mean, it's a three-piece band. I've always wanted. Uh, thanks to Geddy Lee, I think he's the main reason why I have long hair. <laughs> Had not been for him. I I, I don't have long hair. Geddy Lee and of course I think I have the Stevie Wonder shades, but I always think of I, I always like Geddy Lee's thing and uh, Geddy Lee uh, Geddy Lee. One thing I like about Geddy Lee is he just doesn't play uh, bass. I mean he plays keyboard, he plays bass, and he sings. And that's the one thing I love about that guy because uh, he does a lot of things and a lot. And um, uh, aside from Alex Lifeson, of course, plays the guitar and complements the guitar. We got uh, Neil Peart, of course. Uh, he recently passed away, but uh, with the, the the trio effect and the, the beauty of how these guys come together, and you know, it's just a phenomenal 
it, it's just phenomenal to watch them. Basically, I really appreciate the way they do their music. And, uh, yeah. What was that group called? It's Rush. Rush. Um, they're from Canada, and um, phenomenal. They they there were if if you Google Rush, I think there are some photos where they they dominated the double neck, which of course I think started from Jimmy Page. Of course, the twelve twelve string when uh, when Jimmy Page performed the uh, Stairway to Heaven. I, I'm sure everybody who's uh, listening also tune into Stairway to Heaven, and um, um, that's that's one thing, you know. Uh, the the ra- rush they have a double neck bass, and you know it's it's just phenomenal. How Stairway <laughs> to Heaven? Uh, what's the lyric? Stairway to Heaven is Led, Ze- Led, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Um, I was thinking well, about the OJs. Lady, I was thinking about the lady who showed all that glitters is gold, and she's buying a stairway. But don't say the whole thing. Don't yeah, just say a little bit because you don't want copyright. Yeah, I mean, I'm just just singing the lyrics. I mean, I'm not even playing guitar. But yeah, I mean, that's the melody. But yeah, I mean, talking about Led Zeppelin, that's another like episode. Basically, you know, <laughs> as this conversation unfolds, I mean. I yeah. listen to a lot of stuff, and I love. I mean, I'm always open to listen to a, a lot of stuff. And, Dude, yeah, <laughs> it's smart, man. You got. I just, just you got a lot to talk about, man. You had any question for me? Um, I mean, tell me more about uh, the stuff that I uh, tell me more about hip hop and history and stuff like that. I mean, I. I I just know stuff about the books. It's just like how we we learn stuff like like online and stuff like we we learn stuff from everybody and stuff and like hip hop like what you want to know like the history or um okay this, this since you you mentioned uh I I had a question I have a question what uh if you were to define your your style technique uh, or what, whatever they call it. What is uh, do you do you consider yourself oh. uh, self an imitation of someone that you listen to, or you you want to be original? Because I think there are a lot of hip hop artists who who have content, like uh, even musicians for that matter, who follow content from other musicians, but they change it in such a way that it's it. When you listen to it firsthand, you know it's okay. That's them. You know, it's not. It's not the imitation of the music. Yeah. So do you consider know. yourself an OG, or uh, you wanna? It, your intention is to be from OG, uh, from from imitation to something different. You know. Yeah, um, I just I just go with my regular voice, but like I'm unique. Everybody's unique in their own ways, from the different styles, the different content that they put out the lyricism um me i don't i don't even know who i who i sound like but i'm sure that was someone before me that did it before me that that made music but if you were personal i mean of course you've you've had your fair share of listening to to other musicians musicians before you started who would you compare yourself who would you compare yourself to first like first thing you know first thing that comes into your mind when 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 you started out you know and then who was that like that main motivator like hey i like his style and i think i want 
I wanna, I wanna dive into his style. Like I'll say, um, Tupac and Nelly. Oh wow, Tupac! Oh wow, Tupac is an amazing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> two, two tracks that I love from Tupac is of course Dear Mama and yeah, uh, love California Mama. Love. California. And California. Oh, I, I love the music video. The music video is insane. It's like some Mad Max thing Chris going Tucker on. It's like, what's going on? And then, you know, I don't know how they shot that video, but that was insane. Uh, and um, the videography was great, and the acting and stuff, and before oh, yeah. the music video. But man, but man, I really, I really like the. So I think that that was the first time when I saw that music video. That was the first time they used a fish lens. There was a I think I remember Dr. Dre and there was they were kicking the fish lens. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is like they got the Mad Max thing going on, and then they got the fish lens going on. It's like, whoa, this videography is insane. I want to go to California just to listen to that song. You know, I think I remember the first time I heard that song. It was on loop for almost like three or four weeks. Yeah. Every time I have an LSS, is like I take that LSS to the next level. I mean, it's all on repeat. I mean, LSS is, of course, Last Song Syndrome. And I always listen to like, oh, man, that's cool. Sometimes I get analytical. Now with the latest songs that I've been listening to, it's always analytical. After coming from, of course, graduating from music, you know, uh, uh, that habit of being analytical. Congratulations, yeah. man. Congratulations. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> cheers. What you gonna do what you gonna do after like like when the COVID and stuff goes away? Like what you think about doing through music? Uh to music I uh I mentioned this in my previous uh my my latest episode, of course, uh after graduation is four plus one years in music, uh season three. Uh I mentioned that I wanna uh, I want to take my life to a different level. I mean, I've I've done a fair share of my I've if I've enjoyed a fair share of hours with with music and arts, and um, as a human being, as as a person, a human being, I really want to uh, I want to step into uh, another level. I mean, I want to go somewhere else where I've never uh, dived into, like entrepreneurship, because. Um, the first time I, I picked up the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, that's where I, I said, okay, I want to try this. And, you know, with the economy and stuff like that, things are going to get tough. And, of course, um, I got to look out for myself in the future. I mean, I got to sing. And my, my plan is to venture out and uh, do uh, venture out into entrepreneurship, hopefully, and you know, starting up projects and, of course, uh, Podcasting, podcasting is also one new thing, and I'm I'm actually a new guy to the podcasting world. And do you I do so much work? Is. Yeah, I mean, I I love to open my. That's the reason why I like to open up my opportunities from things that I am not comfortable with. Um, earlier on, uh, earlier on, I started uh, blogging, which uh, I have a little bit of fear because my English is, in, in in typing is not really good. And uh, podcasting is also a new thing, as mentioned earlier. I mean, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm enjoying, I really enjoy editing it. I enjoy listening to the conversations. It feels like I'm a part of that com uh, com uh, communication. And uh, 
the marketing aspects of a business where you you come up with with creative ideas to reach out to people who are you know th- those are the things and entrepreneurship on one hand is of course i have a mentor who is an entrepreneur for 8 years and um, he and i been we've, we've been through hell for almost uh, not really been through hell we've we've always been in touch for almost uh uh two, two or three years and um uh and he also taught me a thing or two about entrepreneurship and the life and the struggles and of course the successes and i like to venture out in, into that life i mean for the future for my future yeah. in, in terms of music it is yeah, i do agree podcasting yeah i do agree podcasting is fun because you know it, it's it, it, although it's new to me it's it's like uh it's it's uh, having conversation i mean um i'm a shy type uh and i don't really like being in video much it's rare that i'm in in videos even in videos i'm still a shy guy so <laughs> <laughs> it's funny uh shy, but in man. audio yeah it's weird i know but when you're listening to me in audio i could like talk for hours and hours yeah. and hours and it's only the brain's capacity of the person who i'm talking to is you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i and it's it's a nice way to express myself i mean to me uh podcasting saved me from my my depression because i got to express my things my my past my thoughts and all these things and uh, i really enjoyed it yeah and uh, yeah i mean it's it's a fun journey and i'm, I'm still improving and i also want It's always a fun journey. So, um, so yeah. What would you say? We're like, good with the episode. Hey, yes. <laughs> But, Wait, that awkward moment there. Lens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask a question before we uh sure. before we go. What's what's sure. something positive you would like to um? to leave the audience with like some words of uh, advice and positivity to for them to listen to when they if they hear it uh keep experimenting uh never get comfortable with what you you know uh try new things uh and uh, meet people um There's a lot of things that I could share but if in a simplified way is just live your life the way you want it. It's good to ask questions, it's right. good to learn but never lose your identity uh while learning because uh that's uh, that's the one thing that's the one thing that makes us unique in in our own best way is that we we find different ways of expressing ourselves and uh yeah and we we need to just keep doing what we do. uh and you got to know that if it doesn't really work for you uh, go on to the next move on to the next i mean there's nothing much that you could you could do to make it work if if that's how you see it then you just proceed with what makes you you know happy uh and the definition of happy is of course not not by basing it off of someone else's uh thoughts it's it's all about you you got to feel yeah it's great to you know, hear man yeah and if need be 
you need to lock yourself away for some time and you know discover yourself and know what you want in all aspects of your life you, you do you do that and you know that's one thing you know you get to learn and experiment and express yourself by figuring out what you want and asking yourself that very important question because a lot of people nowadays don't really uh, they don't really follow that uh, thing they they like to imitate and they like to you know they like to imitate a lot of people but they don't really know the reasoning behind that it's a bit philosophical but i mean well in this in the sense that uh uh, uh Uh, everybody likes to copy things, and uh, and now with the social media and everybody, you know, they're they're imitating things. What I want to say is that if you are, if you are interested in doing what you want to do, by all means, go for it. If you're not yet sure, go ask yourself that question. Sit down with yourself, and if need be, listen to music, listen to all the music that that makes you happy. And just go write write down something that you really want to do and pursue it. I mean, you don't, we all have this one life, and in this one life, you know, any time of the day you could go. But the question you have to ask yourself is, what are you willing to do to say that you're fulfilled once you you're gone? You know, and I know it's a deep <laughs> it's a deep, deep. Uh, thing. Yeah, my intention there is to make sure that everybody knows what they want it's it's not about what he he or she wants that makes me want to do that it's just that if she's happy go ahead he's happy go ahead and you know i'm happy the way i want to be in in my world in my realm where i do what i do and uh, i i discover things that i've never discovered and i want the, the challenge i like to i like to always go through the rabbit hole of discovering new things that you know and putting that into a different perspective so yeah so that's my thing i hope i haven't spoken too long for that yeah. <laughs> that went long but <laughs> so, man it's it's good talking to you like thank you for being on the podcast and like everything thank you, thank you for featuring all the, me twice. all the blessings man i mean thank you so much. Hi, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, Rajiv, how to connect with you via social media? Uh, in order to connect with me, folks, you could uh, connect with me via Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Rajiv Doreswamy. That is D O R A I S W A M Y. And of course, uh, you could subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I also have a blog with the same name, rajivdareswami.blogspot.com. And of course, you could listen to my podcast as well, The Rajiv Show, which is available in YouTube. And of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and all the other good stuff. So with that, I mean, connect, collab, you know, reach out. I'm always happy to listen to you guys and I would love to, you know, feature you also in my podcast episode. Dude, we had a good episode today, days. man. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you again for adding me into this conversation.